the longer you're out there, the more your kids will open up to you. Yeah. And it's so amazing to listen to their hopes and dreams and feelings about everything under the sun. And I think I'll just forever be grateful as a parent for those opportunities to hear their hearts. Welcome to the podcast, the Frugal Fit Mom podcast. I am Christine, your host, owner, and creator of the Frugal Fit Mom YouTube channel, which is where the majority of my stuff lies. Podcast is new, it's fun, it's interesting, and a lot of the time I'm here just to answer your questions. I get comments, I get DMs on Instagram, which is where today's question came from. I brought my husband of almost 20 years on to discuss it because I feel like it's a family answer. Okay. Okay. I don't know that I have a good answer, but I'm going to try. Okay. Your answers always end up better than mine. Well, I don't know about that, but we are going to talk about this question regardless. If you haven't heard the other episodes of the podcast, you can listen to it anywhere that you listen to podcasts, or you can watch the video. There's a YouTube channel, Frugal Fit Mom podcast channel, so you can hang out via video if you would like to do it that way. Subscribe if you haven't, and leave us a review, actually, on your podcast platform. Helps us out a lot. Here is the question. Are you ready? This is okay. an Instagram DM. Okay. How should we prepare for hikes? The family has two teens and a seven-year-old. They're asking specifically about the Grand Canyon, Zion National Park, and Bryce. Okay. Okay. How should we prepare for hikes? They're a fit family, but haven't done a ton of hiking. Just trying to give you some background. By the way, Good information, because I had a lot of questions until yeah. you came up with all that information. Yeah, it's it's helpful for us to give a more realistic answer based on your specific family's current fitness level, activity level, and ages. So a couple teenagers and a seven-year-old. <laughs> yes, two teens and a seven-year-old. And they're, they have some specific questions, but just as a general, let's talk about each of these parks, because they're all different. Okay. So I want to start with Bryce Canyon, Yeah. which I think is a hidden gem. Oh man, we loved it. We went to Bryce Canyon for the first time in summer of 2022. It is in Southern Utah. It's close to, what would you say? Close to St. George, close to Penguit. Penguit, Utah. Penguit, Utah is probably the closest. That's yeah. a small little town, but you, you can find lodging there. Yeah. Bryce Canyon is like being in another planet. It is so cool. It is a lot like the Grand Canyon in the fact that it's this big canyon. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's a lot like but a canyon. It's a big hole in the ground. It's a big hole in the ground. <laughs> but they don't look anything alike. No. The hoodoos is where it's at. The hoodoos, yeah. <laughs> so these are these tall, thin spires. Yeah, rock-like formations that are kind of forming these spires. Exactly. Everywhere. They are, yeah, they're called hoodoos. Uh, they are endlessly interesting. So we did three hikes in Bryce and... Last summer last summer several picnics and did the lookout at the very end of the park we yeah. drove all the way to the tip which is this teeny little road on this like island in the sky yeah oh man that was so cool keep your eye on the road that's all i can <clears throat> say yeah <laughs> okay so hiking specifically in bryce it has almost no shade yeah so check your weather pick the lot. right weather window for sure because if you go midsummer midday you are going to be so hot like, it was perfect for when we went. We went in the summer. It was August. It was August. It was August, but we did most of our hikes earlier on in the day. Almost all of them. And then it rained every afternoon because it was monsoon season, so it actually didn't get as hot as maybe non-monsoon season. How about that? Bryce Canyon is actually pretty high in elevation, so I would mm -hmm. say the daytime temps are really not crazy high, right. but they could be, especially if you're in like June, July. As you get into monsoon season, it does 
alleviate that hot a little bit. And there's water at the parking lots. So you can refill water at parking lots, but not mid trail. Yeah. So the Fairyland hike was eight miles or a little over that, yeah. which I highly recommend. I think if that's the only one you did, you would basically see. You see a lot. You see a lot. It's yeah. a huge loop, but there's no water on the trail. Yeah. And to back up the monsoon season, typically now it varies, right? But anywhere in the desert Southwest, it's usually like mid June, sorry, mid July, mid July. Yeah. It could be mid late July into August. Okay. And sometimes up in Bryce Canyon, they won't get any, uh, sometimes in Arizona, they won't get any. So just have to play it by ear and see what the weather's looking like. Every season's going to be a little different. Yeah. I didn't find Bryce Canyon to be overly busy, but you're at like 9,000 feet at the highest. Yes. I'm just saying it's up in the mountains. It's not like a low desert. So it is a little higher in elevation. So the temperature fluctuates more. It can get cooler at night. Mm -hmm. It can get hotter in the day. And it's very dry. It's very dry. You will definitely need water. I was just going to say, I think generally speaking in the summer, if you get an early start, like I'm talking eight, nine AM in the morning, it's going to be beautiful. And you know, you don't have to do a ton of hikes if you're new to this kind of thing, because Bryce has a ton of lookouts. Like you just drive up, you, you look at the overlook, maybe a one mile little walk around the rim and you're done. The shortest hike we did was the Navajo loop the at Navajo like loop. one and a half miles, mm -hmm. which if you can only do one, that's the one. Yes. That was absolutely breathtaking. And it is a steep up and down. Absolutely. It's like a thousand feet up and down in a mile and a half. <laughs> Wasn't quite that steep. Oh, I'll look it up right now. You, you <laughs> Am make, I going to be wrong? You want to make bets right now because I enjoy making it interesting. The cool thing about that one as she looks it up is it just has this nicely paved trail in some cases. Mm -hmm. it, it's a, it's a nicely worked trail, heavily traveled, lots of switchbacks that are like, <laughs> in some cases, each switchback was about 20 to 50 feet. Yes. And you're yeah. just switch. I mean, just going zigzag down okay, to this you canyon. Might be, you might be right. <laughs> what was the actual elevation? I had 522 okay, thank you. feet of elevation and 1.8 miles. <laughs> so two miles mm -hmm. and about five, 600 feet. There were so many people of all skill levels of no skill at all yes. on this trail. Yes. Anybody could do it. Yeah. Unless you've got you know, serious handicaps. Yeah. Unless you're like on crutches or yeah. you have a wheelchair situation, um, you wouldn't be able to do this, but you could do all the lookouts, but you couldn't do the hikes. And then the other one I recommend is the peekaboo loop. Oh man. If you've got time, if there was one, I could actually pick what of the three, that's the one I feel like you have to do all three. Oh yeah. <laughs> you have to do all three. The peekaboo loop was the most spectacular yeah, hike. It was amazing. I loved it. I was you, so in love. I would say in Bryce particularly bring enough food and water to do the whole trail. The peekaboo loop was six or a little over, but you're going to stop so often to take pictures and just take it in because it's like nowhere else you've ever been that it actually took us quite a while oh, man. to do the hikes. And then here's my little hack for you. Please take a cooler in your car. When you're done with your hike, go to one of the picnic tables on the side of the road and do a picnic lunch. Yeah. We had so much fun doing that. There were open picnic tables like everywhere when we went. So that was super fun. Oh, she's wet. She's been out in the snow. This dog is wired. Gross. Okay.
any other any other tips about Bryce particularly? Yeah, there's not a lot of water on it. There's no water on any of those trails. None of the trails. You have to pack water. Pack water. Yes. Yeah, so I would I would recommend a backpack, a camelback for your kids. We like to have <clears throat> each kid carry their own. Yeah. And at the ages of their kids, like two teenagers and a seven year old, they make really small camelbacks for a seven year old. It, it might be a little big on them, but they do make small ones. Yeah. But I'd say at the bare minimum, everyone needs a leader. I think as far as like the main problems go that you have to be aware of to prepare for is water and sun. So just have plenty of water and have some sunscreen or mm -hmm. hat. Yeah, definitely sunscreen, hat, camera, make sure your camera. phones are charged. Other than that, Bryce is a pretty, I thought, fairly easy trail, yeah, easy park the, to hike in. The trails are so wide and heavily, not heavily used, but well-maintained. Yeah really really wide they're not sketchy to hike at all so i i don't foresee any problems if you're reasonably fit yeah agreed like not a beginner mm -hmm. right the next one is zion national park wait we might want to go back for a second we want to go back seven year old a seven year old you think a seven year old can't do fairyland fairyland's long this the seven year old's gonna the seven year old could do fairyland it would take a long time you may have to be ready to carry them mm-hmm in a few small spots, which we did many times uh, with our kids. When, when we they were younger, yeah. for sure, for sure. But Fairyland is long. I swear it was eight miles. I think it was about eight miles. Yeah. I, like I said, the other two hikes anybody could do. Fairyland's gonna be a little bit longer and it's gonna challenge you a little bit more. Yes, I have eight miles on Fairyland yeah. at 1,600 feet of elevation. Yeah, so not crazy, but... Not crazy. For a seven-year-old, it might be a... That's a lot. It's gonna be a lot. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be a whole day. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So if you're not feeling confident about a seven-year-old, start with the Navajo, see how they handle it, because it's short. Do the peekaboo, it's two miles shorter, mm -hmm. you know, and just kind of see how it goes. For me, those were the must-dos yeah. in Bryce. Okay, let's move to Zion National Park, which is just a little slice of heaven on earth. Man, one of our favorite places to go. Zion is super tricky because of the logistics of getting into the park. Yes. So depending on when you go, I'm assuming it's going to be peak season, which is shuttle season. They run shuttles into the park. You have to park in the parking lot and then ride the shuttle into wherever it is that you're going to go. That line fills up oh so fast. The parking lot is not that big. It's very <clears throat> small. The town just outside, Springdale, Springdale, is also very small. It's a tiny little road in. And then the shuttle itself, if you're going from the parking lot all the way in to the Temple of Sinueva, which mm -hmm. is where the Narrows is, the very end, right. that takes 45 minutes. And it's only eight miles. On the tram. On the tram. It takes so long. It does. Arrive early. If yes. you're going to take the tram, mm -hmm. just know that you've got to be in the park, going through the gate, before nine. Before nine. Yes. Or, or you either won't get a parking spot. Yeah. Or you're going to wait in line for the tram for an hour. Yeah. Plus the ride on the tram. Zion is very popular. Yep. And you got to determine what kind of hiking you want to do. This is where you need to strategize skill level, shoe choice, weather. Yep. Because it's that tight little canyon. If it's raining at all, you're not doing the narrows. Yeah. The one thing you really got to be careful with both with Bryce, but especially with Zion, mm -hmm. is the flash flooding. Yes. If there's any kind of big storm up above you. I wouldn't go. You got to be really careful about what trails you choose to go on. What I love about Zion is there's a ton of really short hikes where you can see some stuff. Really short ones. They have that one mile paved, like little path. 
into the Narrows before you get into the Narrows. Yeah. It's one mile. Bloop, bloop, right on the river. You can see the Narrows without actually hiking in the river up into it. They have the Emerald Pools, the Emerald which Pools. is very short. There's so many cool ones, man. There's the one that goes right along the river from the parking lot, which dogs are allowed on leashes. Yes. That's also paved. Right from the parking lot at the bottom. Mm -hmm. And it Absolutely. goes up. It's two, two and a half miles. Each, each direction or two no, and a half miles no. round trip? Each direction. So it would be five if you did the whole thing. Which is nice to know that you can actually take dogs on that one. Well, and I was going to say you could easily bike that one as well. And you can bike that one also. They have a Zion Outfitter right there in the parking lot. You can rent bikes. There are places in and out of the park mm -hmm. you can rent bikes. E-bikes. Mm -hmm. The logistics of the tram are so terrible now. They're really bad. It's almost faster and easier to rent an e-bike. I will agree with you. Yes. It's it's a pretty close wash. Maybe not quite as fast, but it depends on how long the line for the tram is. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about some more fun hikes in Zion. Okay. Okay. Yes. You know we're going to do Angel's Landing. They do have a permit system. Yes. I would not take a seven-year-old on Angel's Landing. Seven is too young. Yeah, we did see a couple people take really young kids. Our youngest was nine, and nine was pretty small. I wouldn't take a seven-year-old on that. However, you can hike up to where the chains start without a permit. It's called Scout Overlook mm -hmm. or, or Observation. Yeah. And you can hike all the way up there. It is challenging. It's very steep. But it's only, what, four and a half miles round trip? Something like that. It's not So bad. it's totally doable. And pro tip, there's bathrooms at the top. So yeah. <laughs> I, know, <clears throat> I know the ladies like to hear that. <laughs> but if you've never seen the Hike for Angels Landing, do your research. This one is one of the top 10 hikes in the United States. Yes. If not the world, there's nothing out there like it. It is truly spectacular and you don't have to do the chain section that requires a permit that is like the more dangerous section. You can do the rest of it. You can do it with a seven-year-old and pretty sure it's like paved all the way to the overlook. Yeah, I think so. Unless it's raining, you can get by with just a tennis shoe. Yep. Or a hiking keen or chacos if you want. I saw a girl up there on the chains in flip-flops. So, you know, you can kind of <laughs> do anything. If anyone in your family is afraid of heights, I would Ooh. not do the actual angel's landing. Or I would just make sure you, they're comfortable and they're willing to commit to it because this is one of those hikes. There are chains. You'll hear that often. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there are spots where you are literally standing on an edge and it is like it's a thousand, a thousand feet, feet drop on either side. And there's like a four foot ledge to stand on. And you've got chains and you don't really... If you're not scared of heights, it doesn't really feel like you're really at risk. But if you're afraid of heights and you see that exposure, it will trigger all the fear. And I will say, I've done Angel's Landing twice. Huh. Huh. I'm, I'm clarifying it right now. I've done Angel's Landing twice. I did it once with kids and once with no kids. And most of the fear comes from the kids. Yeah. I will tell you that right now. Because as the mother, you are so worried about your children. <laughs> that was my biggest issue. So when I went with girlfriends to do it, I was terrified until we got going. And I was like, okay, this is actually a lot better yeah. without children because I only had to worry about myself. And also we went with the kids when it was very crowded. It was. And then when I went with my girlfriends, literally no one was there. Yeah. And it was a glorious experience to yeah. not have anybody there, which was much less scary because you have more room instead of trying to cross over people. But that one's top notch. Um, you want to talk about the Narrows? The Narrows was so much fun. We did it in the winter time. We went in January, it was, February. It was February. 
So we rented dry suits from the Outfitters. The Outfitters have an entire canyoneering kit that you mm -hmm. can rent that basically makes you insulated and more or less waterproof to basically hike in the Narrows. The Narrows is a slot canyon. You're basically hiking in the river. Mm -hmm. It's anywhere between your waist to your ankles. Yeah, waist to ankles, depending on where you're walking and the weather that day. Yep. It's a river, so it goes up and down. It was very cold when we went. So we had like coats and hats and mittens on like under our dry suits. But if you go in the summertime, we're talking flip-flops and shorts and t-shirts, but the summer is real crowded. Yeah, really crowded. Really crowded. I really enjoyed ours because there weren't that many people in there. Yeah, and it's easy to go up, what, maybe four or five miles, like three or four miles up and back. We went up to, I think if they call it Wall Street. Wall Street. And back, which I think a total of eight miles. Yeah. So four up, four back. And if you go from bottom up, you do not need a permit. Yeah. So it's so fun because you're basically in this little canyon, the river's running at you. It's not flowing super fast. No. Um, the canyon walls are hundreds of feet mm -hmm. above you mm -hmm. and you're just kind of meandering through this canyon. Totally doable Water with the ages of these kids. Yeah, waterfalls are coming at you. You guys, like it's so cool. It is super cool. Yeah. Real, real cool. I think biking Zion is, we kind of touched on that a little bit. You can rent a bike right there, an e-bike if you want. You go from the parking lot all the way to the end, all the way back, 18 miles total. Yeah. Super fun, we just did that. What was what was your favorite? The biking Zion or doing the doing the narrows? Oh, they're so different. You can't even say <laughs> you, you 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 cannot compare them. I'll say the narrows was more my favorite because it really felt more wild. Yes, it does feel extremely wild. You are mm -hmm. like totally in nature, taking it head on. Yes. There was ice forming on all the waterfalls. I mean, it felt really wild angels landing with my girlfriends and not with the children was a really good experience for me yeah it, it made me realize i'm not as scared of heights as i thought i mean i am but to recognize that part of my issue is worrying about the kids so doing something i'm gonna say more dangerous with adults is a pleasant experience because <laughs> you're less worried but overall most of the easy paths are paved regular tennis shoes yeah Maybe a little backpack. The cool thing about Zions and Bryce, they're so heavily traveled, they're really well maintained and marked trails. Very much so. So you can count on that. <clears> okay, <throat> the next one is the Grand Canyon, which we do not have a ton of experience with, but this is what I do know. We have been there. I have been there. On the North Rim is much colder mm -hmm. and higher, and then <clears> the South Rim is the more touristy yes. of the two. So we did a very short hike on the North Rim. Do you remember what it's called? I don't remember. Neither do I. I can't remember why. It was very we're, short. We're going back 12, 15 years. Yeah, it was like a mile, totally paved, doable with kids, no sweat. A lot of people like to hike down and back up. Yeah. Like if you're not gonna do rim to rim, which is a huge undertaking. You go down to Phantom Ranch. Phantom Ranch. Not even. So, well, I know that's one thing that a lot of people do. Since they don't want to do rim to rim, they'll go down to the very bottom, go to the Phantom Ranch, get drinks or whatever, and go five dollar lemonade. Yep. <laughs> get the five dollar lemonade. You can camp there at Phantom Ranch. Yep. And then hike back up. Some people just go down and up. Some people hike around the rim, not around the whole rim. I mean, a section of the rim to clarify. The Grand Canyon is absolutely enormous. A good bit of the Grand Canyon is it's on, on the it's on the Navajo Reservation. The Navajo Reservation which means there's, I didn't see any gas stations like on the reservation. No. And then there's like no restaurants, there's no bathrooms. So if you're gonna go through, I would fill up, go to the bathroom, get your snacks before going through the reservation. Cause there's really nowhere to stop. 
Yeah, there's not a lot of supplies mm -hmm. close by on the Grand Canyon, so you want to take a lot of stuff with you. Yeah, lodging is hard to come by. Logistically, the Grand Canyon's <clears throat> hard. A lot of the trails that go down into the canyon have a lot of exposure. Yes, a lot. So anytime you're taking kids, first of all, your family needs to be totally prepared with water mm -hmm. and sunscreen, mm -hmm. potentially some hiking poles, some trekking poles. Yes. And you really want to know your kids and your familiarity with being exposed to drops and, and heights. Yeah, the Grand Canyon is probably the worst Yeah. Uh, as far as drops go and exposure of the ones that we're talking about today. Now, if we want to talk rim to rim, that's a whole other conversation, which I will not get into today. That's, that's not for a family like because this. Because I don't <clears throat> think that's what they're getting at here. No. But I think we've kind of covered the basics. So let's go back to some specific questions. What kind of hiking shoes? Ooh. So let's talk hiking shoes and... Can I, can I just say, this has been an evolution for me. I know it has because old school you is like hiking boots must have hiking boots. Yeah. I don't feel that way. I don't feel that way anymore. I think things have changed and running shoes and hiking shoes have gotten so, so much better. They're so much lighter and supportive that I would say any good tennis shoe that you trust, I think running shoes are great. Yeah. Trail, trail runners specifically. Yes. And I want to talk about the three that come to my mind are first of all running shoes which you said like just a typical running shoe yeah. i wore those for forever since i have moved into trail running and i have trail specific shoes i would prefer a trail running shoe because of the grip factor of the sole sure road running shoes are a little slick trail running shoes oh you feel like spider-man in those yeah they just stick to stuff so i really love that and or in the early days i hiked in my keen sandals my keen Newport sandals for eight years. I still do. Well, mine fell apart, but yeah. I used them until they fell apart. <laughs> so at what point would you say they need to get, someone would need to get hiking boots? Boots? Yeah. I don't think they need hiking boots for any of this. So that's what... Maybe backpacking. That's, maybe maybe that's if you're going. doing overnight backpacking with like a 30 pound, 30 to 50 pound pack on your back, maybe we'll talk boots. When you really start needing like some serious support, protection for your foot, mm -hmm. I think for most day hikes, Boots are not necessary, but what's funny is so many people still believe that mm -hmm. and they go out and they buy these really nice expensive hiking boots. You don't need that. I think for most day hikes, any pair of tennis shoes that you have, that you have broken in and you feel confident in, start doing three to five miles in those and just see how you feel. Um, I want to say your kids will not be happy if they are hiking in vans. <laughs> Their feet will hurt. But yet they want to. They're going to want to. If they're short, I don't care. If you're going four miles or over, we need to switch it to a more supportive shoe. I like to make sure the kids have athletic shoes. And the vans, vans are not really athletic shoes. Well, listen, Haley tried to hike a mountain with us and she fought us on the shoe choice and cried like the whole time because her feet hurt. <laughs> so they learned the lesson. They learn eventually. Okay. What else? Um, they're asking specifically about how to carry water. Camelbacks, is that necessary? Uh, what kind of backpacks we take. So uh, we do have some Camelback bags. I think they're fantastic. The Camelback bladders are very good. But we also have Nalgene's and mm -hmm. cycling, like squeeze bottles. We have all of them. Um, I like to hike in an Osprey, a small Osprey day pack, mm -hmm. which I fit water bottles in. It could hold a bladder, which I don't think I did. I think I did water bottles, but we're a mix, yeah. I would say, between everything. And then now I have a trail running vest that carries a few small bladders. And I've been known to carry a pack that has a bladder and then throw water bottles in there for the kids as well. Right, right. So everything can work. You just have to know how much water you're gonna need mm -hmm. and then know how much water you need per person. So usually on most hikes, 
depending on how hot it is. Now this really fluctuates in the desert. Yes. I grew up hiking in Arizona when you didn't go out there without two liters of water. Right, and here in Idaho, you would not really need that much. Yeah, so just know that if you know you may need up to two liters of water per person. Per person. Yeah, I like Camelbacks as far as a, a recommendation. I think Camelbacks are fabulous. They make some knockoffs at Walmart, which I think are great substitutes if you're yeah. a beginner. You don't want to invest that much. All that's fine. Yeah. Osprey makes an excellent bag. <laughs> We're big fans of Osprey packs. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, this is probably my favorite question of the whole thing because it's about the food. Okay. Okay. Snack recommendations other than trail mix and Swedish fish. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. well, there goes all my ideas. All my ideas out the <clears throat> window. So what you're looking for when you're hiking a long period of time, I'm not saying a two miler, six, seven, eight, something like Let's that. Let's say we're going to be out for four hours. You're going to be out for four hours. You want something that is high calorie for its size. Yeah. Okay. Which means trail mix is an excellent option because it's very high in calories. And let's break down what's in trail mix, nuts, dried fruit, and candy, which really ends up becoming, you know, your fats and your carbohydrates. Yes. There's a little bit of protein in there with all the nuts as well. A little, but it's not a high protein thing. Like we're not taking protein bars typically. No, on a no, hike. because they're too hard to digest and they're not high enough in calorie for what we're looking for. We're looking <clears> more <throat> for straight sugar. Like a granola bar would be better. Mm -hmm. Protein's really hard to digest, especially when you're already moving. It would be better to stick with fat and carbs. Yeah. We could do a complex carbohydrate, right? Like a granola bar, usually a little bit more complex with a little bit more grains and stuff. For in sure. There. You like jerky though. That's protein. I do like jerky. Uh, mostly just because I like the salt. That's something to keep in mind. I think super important is you have to balance your sweet and salty because you will most likely be sweating and you will want salt. It sounds dumb. People are like, oh, I'd never get sick of candy. You know, who gets sick of Swedish fish, yeah. right? And M&Ms. But you do. Like you want something salty. I love potato chips. Potato chips usually end up tasting so good when you're out on the trail. Potato chips are so They're just yummy. hard to pack in sometimes because they... They are. The bags are kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, we love sandwiches. We do We, we pack PB&J. A lot of PB&J, a lot of meat sandwiches. Mm -hmm. I prefer a PB&J over a deli sandwich when I'm hiking. And I think I prefer the, the, the deli sandwich typically. Yeah, but, that just depends on the person. Yeah. Um, other things we've taken historically? Fruit leathers. Fruit leather fruit snacks. We do take quite a bit of candy, you guys. Yeah. A ton. Hot tamales. <laughs> Hot tamales mixed with salted cashews. <laughs> Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. I mean, we take candy. I'm not going to lie. It's, they taste really good. It's a lot of calories and it's a quick energy boost when your kids are dragging and people ask how we get our kids to hike so far. We bribe them. <laughs> So even trail runners and big like endurance athletes mm -hmm. usually end up packing some kind of candy yes. or goo. And they do make some goos out there that are non-caffeinated. Yeah, that, a ton that are non-caffeinated. Right? So you could carry some of those. In fact, I recommend when we coach mountain bike, they actually ask us to carry those on us mm -hmm. because you never know who's going to just bonk or really just deplete all their energy sources. Sometimes you need a really quick, fast energy source. Yeah, for sure. You don't want kids that are like dizzy because their blood sugar's too low. That can get super dangerous. So we are thinking nutrition, but we're thinking nutrition for a very specific purpose, which is energy get, now. Energy now, get yourself back to your car in safety. Which is sugar. Yeah. It's straight up sugar. So when we did our 17 mile hike, Alaska Basin hike. Yeah. 
I was thirsty, so I wanted water. I had a deli sandwich. No, I had a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> that's a lie. And chips. Yeah, the chips tasted the chips so good. <laughs> were so delicious. I wished I had brought extra chips, like extra Cheetos. I always bring a fruit, like an apple. I, was, I love apples. I was gonna say you can't have all candy. You definitely need to have some salty and some sweet. But I don't take vegetables. No. What a waste of space. <laughs> to be clear, <laughs> I love vegetables when I'm at my house, yeah. but not when I'm hiking. They're bulky. They have almost no calories in them. They are not helping me in my hike. I'll have a salad when I'm done with the hike. I may have, you know, if I if I have a, a wrap or something that may have some lettuce or some yeah, fresh some, things in it. Yeah. For my lunch. Yes. Right? But I'm not necessarily taking... I'm not packing carrot sticks. Now, I love dried fruit. Yes. The one dried fruit I have loved lately. The cantaloupe. The dried cantaloupe. From Costco. I don't even like cantaloupe. No, he doesn't. But that dried cantaloupe is like heaven. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like better than the peachy gummy rings. The peach rings? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, those cantaloupe are so good. We've done dried mangoes. I love the dried mandarins from Trader Joe's. Those are also quite good. Those are amazing. Dried fruit just packs super easy. And it tastes really good. It tastes good. It's got good energy sources. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. So, so I, if you, I would say, if you don't like the candy idea, mm -hmm. go dried fruit. Dried fruit is amazing. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But don't underestimate the salt. You will I, want salt. And I underestimate it all the time. I constantly underestimate salt. I'm getting better at it. Yeah. Goldfish are great because yeah. they're salty. Yeah. Cheez-Its. Those are good. Okay. Those are all of the questions on this one. Do you have any last minute words of advice when they're taking people hiking that maybe have not been to these places before? I would just say lower your expectations. It's not always going to be a perfect day. Mm -hmm. You're not always going to have perfect weather. Everyone's not going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Some days it's, it doesn't go the way you think these picture perfect hikes go. Just recognize that you're just trying to be adventurous. So go out there and make good memories and remember that you're trying to hike and make good memories with your family. Don't make it even worse if the situation gets bad. I've been guilty of that where I get mad at the kids for them not wanting to do this thing or that thing or for fighting with each other, right? Like just try to make it a good experience for everybody around because remember your ultimate goal is a good memory and to make more like it in the future. I think I do pretty good at that. You do. I, I don't. I, I think, was talking to myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think overall I'm pretty good at a go with the flow and whatever's going to happen is going to be what it's going to happen. And like there's, I don't know, there's probably not going to be a herd of buffalo there. I'm thinking Yellowstone, but you know, the weather could turn bad, which has happened to us. Like we've gotten caught in some, some weather and you just have to laugh about it and scrap your plans for the day and say, well, we tried, we'll try again tomorrow yeah. and, and be okay with it. I, I kind of like the idea of longer hikes and I'll tell you why. The longer you're out there, the more your kids will open up to you. Yeah. We really noticed that on that Fairyland trail. Yes. It, and it didn't start until we were two hours in the trail. Yeah. And then they just, they just <clears throat> opened their hearts and poured their hearts out to you. And it's so amazing to listen to their hopes and dreams and feelings about everything under the sun. And I'm so grateful to be there in those moments for that instead of, you know, having everyone sit on a couch and everyone's looking at their phone and not talking. So I'm, I think I'll just forever be grateful as a parent for those opportunities to, to hear their hearts. That is such a great note to end on. Oh, thank you. But I actually had something else I wanted to say. <laughs> okay. So we're not ending there is what you're saying. 
Well, the one thought occurred to me is what did they not ask that we carry that I would recommend everybody carry when they do a hike like this? A knife, a first aid kit. I was gonna say a first aid kit. Yes. I do carry a first aid kit every time we go out. Always, always. Because you never know who you're gonna run into that may need your help. Or right. what of your own kids are gonna need help. Whether it's removing splinters or cactus or treating a sunburn or- Moleskin is great. Or blisters on the feet, mm -hmm. yeah. So recognize I always have a knife, a pocket knife, a multi-tool and a yeah. first aid kit. Yeah, good call. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, even though it ruined my ending. Yeah. <laughs> but your ending was, was actually like the one I wanted to end on. So. Oh, okay. Well, you did great. We'll just. I you, apologize for ruining it. They can hit the rewind button and skip back 30 seconds and listen to that. Anyway, I really appreciate the question and good luck on your hiking adventures wherever they may take you. Have a good one. Okay. Bye. Happy trails. <laughs> Happy trails.